Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you're feeling overwhelmed or floating towards the darkness, do not hesitate to phone a friend. If you're embarrassed that you're having a difficult time, call the Veterans Crisis Hotline at 1 800 273 8255 and press one. That's 1-800-273-8255 and press one. For the last year, we have told you many times, do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you have not had the chance to check out our new book, go to Amazon. Uh, the 13-step guide to success is for on sale there. It is in paperback and uh, Kindle versions. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us and be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation, so you'll stay on top of all our episodes as they release, while also having the opportunity of getting to hear some of the stories of our amazing guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a three-time author, speaker, and wellness educator who is passionate about all things wellness and personal growth. He is the owner of Foy Consulting, which aims to help people and organizations move from good to great through his coaching services, products, and expertise. His latest book titled How to Thrive in Remote Working Environments aims to support the well-being of remote workers globally. It has recently hit the number one on Amazon in Canada and cracked the top 40 of books of entrepreneurship in North America. So without further ado, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, Ryan Foy. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good, Rich. Thanks for having me on the show. And, and uh, for folks tuning in here today, uh, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedules to, to listen to this conversation. And I do got to say, Rich, before we jump in, as important as this conversation is, obviously, I think our hearts are, are with the folks in Ukraine here. There's a lot going on. And just want to acknowledge that before we jump in, that, um, that all conversations are important. But, um, but I'm happy to be here, honored to be here. And very blessed to be here. Uh, you're a hundred percent correct. Uh, I watch it every day for my uh, day job since I work in uh, any in industry that deals with that stuff uh, for my uh, adult job, and uh, I get to see what's happening uh, pretty much live. The first night of it, I stayed up till about three three o'clock in the morning watching everything happen unfold. Uh, it's disheartening. It's disheartening that they're alone in the battle on the ground, but knowing that there's people trying to get them help and get them support is what's uh, 
which shows what humanity is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for taking some space for that. I think it's uh, for all those listeners who, uh, you know, may have friends or family in, in that situation, like, like Rich mentioned in the intro, um, reach out, uh, lots of support out there. Uh, just got to, you know, got to, got to look for it. So. Definitely. Thanks for giving that prompt, Ryan. Uh, I probably would have forgot being uh, as, as tired as I've been the last few days, but thank you for keeping me on my toes and uh, getting us to acknowledge what's really happening in our, around the marble as we sit here today on zoom mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. So, ryan, so ryan if you don't mind uh tell tell the misfit nation a little bit about you from as far back as you want to go to how you got to this motivation you have now to help people yeah so um i grew up in a small town for for your listeners here um i grew up in eastern canada a little town called oxford nova scotia which is actually the blueberry capital of canada and i actually recently read that about 80% of all exported blueberries across the world uh, have come from Oxford and there's a giant factory there. So if you like blueberries, you've probably had blueberries from my hometown. Um, And, you know, when I, when I grew up in Oxford, really small town, I have great, great, have a great family, had a great upbringing. Absolutely. Um, But when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with migraine headaches and I was part of this research study with the local university trying to figure out, you know, what was the cause of these migraine headaches and what I actually ended up doing was participating in this lifestyle um, study. And what I found at the end of that was that the days that I was active, I was less likely to get migraines. And then the days that I, I wasn't active, I was getting those migraines. And so again, I think I was 12 or 13 at the time. And that once I realized that I started being like, okay, you know, I got to be more active. I need to be doing things and I grew up on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere and so I just picked up running and I literally run from telephone pole to telephone pole or power line to power line and and just go with it and you know that's really where kind of this this lifestyle and and now the business and books and everything has really come from from that pivotal moment in my preteen years of just really understanding that wellness is a big part of my life and it's a big part of me you know being able to function and, and to be kind of my optimal self. And, you know, that's molded and transformed over the years. And, and it's, it's kind of put itself in different places, but that's really where, where all that started. Um, when I was in university, I, I was doing uh, sports medicine and, 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 and then went on to do physical and health education. And I really am passionate about that intersection between, you know, education, physical and health education as a whole, uh, that, that sports side of things and, the, and obviously the fitness side of things as well. And so, you know, I don't know where that's going to take me as I continue my journey, but up until this point, you know, with my full-time work and my books and, and the things that I, I still enjoy day to day, I've been really blessed to be able to kind of marry the, the passion and the profession together to, uh, to create products that help support folks and, 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 and just to be able to support um support the you know, within the wellness industry, I guess, um, for folks out there. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, just to kind of tie that piece off right now, uh, currently we live in uh, Ottawa, Canada. So in, in Canada's capital and, uh, working on another book. So I'm excited for that. I registered the ISBN the other day, but uh, I gotta say, Rich, this is going to be a long haul for me. I'm going to take my time with this one. I'm, I'm feeling that I need to need to take some space with it, but yeah, excited to see where, where life continues to take me, but that's just a little bit about my journey and, and how I've gotten here, I guess. 
That's awesome. Uh, I've never heard that with the with migraine uh, diagnosis. Uh, like the, I guess the the resting mind has more of a chance of having the migraine than a person that stays busy. A lot of uh, veterans get diagnosed with migraines when they come back from service overseas and stuff, and that could be part of the problem. It, it's never been mentioned to me, of course, but. I'm pretty sure it's because we become idle minds or idle hands and uh, it makes our heads pound and not wanting to do more than we are at, the t- at that time. That's a really uh, eye-opening thing for me right there. Yeah, it was. It, it's very interesting, right? That self-awareness piece of right. just knowing kind of what your body needs and, and what you need to function optimally. And when those when, when a certain lifestyle shifts or career shifts or whatever, sometimes we lose that too, right? And and so it's, it's trying to figure out how do you, how do you reconstruct that in a, in a healthy way, in a new way that just allows you to continue to function well and, and, you know, to bring your best self. And sometimes your best self is that's it, right? Like it's, it's not, you know, the most optimal day, right. but it, uh, it is your best for, for that specific day. And I think that, you know, on those days, we, um, it's about those internal victories, right. And looking inward and, and celebrating the successes and then getting up and doing it all over again. Oh, definitely. And you have to stack victories during the day. I tell people you can wake up in the morning. And the first thing you do is make your bed. That's a victory. You made it that far. You stood up and made your bed. That's two wins already. Let's keep stacking them all day. And you'll have those victories to lead you through that day and into the next day. So I think all that will come together and maybe stop everyone from having at least one issue a day. And that'll be great. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I've only, I'm, I'm recently married. I've only been married three years, but um, I got to say, I'm still trying to figure out the laundry. So I'm <laughs> still working on that. I do have the bed figured out though. First thing in the morning, you know, the bed's got to be made a certain way, but the laundry, I still mess up the socks. So maybe you can bring me back on here a few years. I'll give you an update. <laughs> Ryan, you'll never get that one right. I mean, it's 27 years. I haven't got laundry right yet. <laughs> You can hang that one up as a, I'll never be, never be victorious in that one, or both of you will just concede at some point. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that, you know, you just, you just end up not getting asked to do laundry anymore. So maybe that will happen at some point. And that's a small victory as well. Right, right. And I'm going to take that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so you have a, three books now, a fourth in the work. Is that where, that's where we're on now, our fourth one, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, just to kind of set that stage, I guess, you know, when I was, I, I had a blog when I was in university, it was terrible. It was called wellness network blog. And it was like a free platform. I don't know, it was Blogspot or something. And, you know, I remember getting all excited the day I hit a thousand views on the blog. And anyway, long story short, I just always loved, I always enjoyed the writing. Um, and I obviously, you know, back to the wellness concept, really just big part of my life. And, I let that blog go for a few years and it was actually when I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina, working there for a state nonprofit that I thought, you know, maybe someday I'll write a book. I wasn't quite sure if that would actually happen or not, but I thought, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I will. And, and, you know, when I left that job in North Carolina, I ended up moving to Western Canada to Alberta and I was actually driving uh, to Northern Alberta to a remote community to do a workshop on wellness. And, it just hit me and I was driving on the side of the road and I had to pull over and I had to, you know, get out my notebook and just started writing. And all the chapters of the book just came to me right there. And in front, from that moment, it probably took me another kind of six to eight months to really have the confidence to say, okay, you know, it's, it's time to get this thing going. Um, 
you know, I thought I had to have some sort of magical moment to figure out, you know, okay, the green light is to write the book now, but I just ended up realizing like a lot of things in life, you just got to go for it and you just got to take action. Right. And so I just put it out there. Um, I learned a lot along the way, you know, I got my hand slapped a few times from Amazon for, <laughs> you know, not getting the dimensions right and all that. But anyway, I got it all sorted out and, uh, and, and got the book out. And, and that one was a, a pretty good success. That one's t- titled your best decade really focused on, you know, the twenties to the forties range and, and looking at the big three areas of our lives. So looking at our professional lives, our, our relational side of our lives and, and our, obviously our personal lives. And how do we, how do we really construct our lives over a decade so that we can create our best decade? And so I offer strategies and concepts and a lot of really awesome things we can probably dive into here in this chat uh, around that. But um the creation of this, this last book was interesting because COVID-19 hit, obviously, you know, your listeners know it, it still affects us here today, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't in traffic anymore. I was working, still working full time, but I was saving, I did the math. I was saving, you know, 10 hours a week in traffic. And I'm like, I thought I could crank this thing out here and, you know, a good three or four months if, um, if I really got into it. And, and so I did that I actually, I, I, I went back to Eastern Canada to visit my family. I was in quarantine. This is before we had, uh, uh, or early on, I guess, in the pandemic. So I was isolating alone for 14 days. And it was funny, like, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Twain's kind of stories, but, you know, he's known for having this, uh, or he was known for having this cabin. I think it was somewhere in Maine. And, you know, he had a cat and a wood stove and he'd write there. And there was one, one point where I was writing, it was December. And I look out the backyard and there's deer standing in the backyard and the cats are right beside me. And I was like, where's Mark Twain? Like, I swear I am like channeling my inner Mark Twain here for this one. Um, But yeah, that was a lot of fun to write. And uh, you know, just taking kind of the, the, the lemons, I guess, and making lemonade out of the situation. Like, you know, you're kind of locked down up here and you know, there's just wasn't much going on. And, you know, we just said, Hey, let's, let's, let's go after it. And so I made it, made another book. So that one's been been a lot of fun too, and and we can dive into those as well. But uh, the fourth one, like I say, is going to take going to take some time. I think I think I'm going to slow slow roll that one a little bit more. Well, that's good. It's probably better to to slow it up a little bit, especially in this time when uh, we're starting to see the doors open from the pandemic, and you'll have a a fresh book for people to have once they're really able to stretch their arms and get outside, and maybe have a physical book and sit in the sit in the park and read it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to get in front of people again. And, you know, I just, I just found out today we're doing an in-person, me and a few local authors doing an in-person event here, one of the biggest bookstores in the capital. And um, I'm just really excited. Part of me is like, I got to figure out how to socialize again, you know, you know, like, I feel like I don't talk to people anymore, but, uh, but I'll figure it out. You know, it's like anything, but yeah, just excited to get in front of people again and talk and have real, real conversations. So it'll be nice. Yeah, I had a, I've had two uh, book uh, signing events so far for my book. Uh, one was at a local uh, smoothie cafe and one was at a local coffee shop. The coffee shop, I think, was my favorite. Was, uh, my first person to talk to was an 82-year-old man. And he sat and he read the book as I was putting up the signs. He was taking my book and reading it off my table. And he he had feedback almost immediately to sit and talk with me and tell me that it made him remember his mom growing up and the smile on his face as he was telling me his story of his youth 
just made that whole day a success for me. No matter what happened from the, the next three hours I was sitting there, his his reaction made my day. Just having that social interaction with with a man of his age, a man who's seen so much, and that uh, it brought joy to him just to see that, well, basically the first chapter. That's so cool. You know, it's like, <clears throat> that's why we do what we do, right? You know, I've got asked a few times, why do you write? And it's it's those stories, right? Like, you know, I, I had a, it's a very similar story, except just a, a very different generation. But, you know, the student came up and said, hey, like this book just like completely changed how I'm looking at things and, and potentially my trajectory. And in the, when you hear these anecdotal stories or, or you have these experiences, it just reiterates, you know, that you're working in your talent zone and you're, you're bringing a tremendous value to the world and you're making the world a better place. And, you know, that is as corny as that sounds, it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's the real deep uh, sense of fulfillment, right. To, to be able to influence someone like that. It's incredible. So good, good on you. Thank you. Uh, it sure it made my, and like I usually tell people, even with the podcast, if one person gets something out of mine and your conversation tonight, then that's a success because that one person was affected and they were able to move forward and do positive things in their life. I don't need Joe Rogan numbers or who are, I don't even know what those numbers are. They're probably in the millions. Someday, I maybe mean, I'll get a, a couple hundred an episode. That'll be great. But right now, if one person is touched by each story, that helps everyone else out. And that's great. Absolutely. And for listeners here, um, you know, smash that subscribe button. That's my, that's my plug for you, Rich. <laughs> Thanks, smash bro. that subscribe button. Let's, <laughs> let's get your, uh, let's get your fan base up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. So in writing your books, I'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons uh, along the way of each, during each iteration of writing your books and now your new book. What's the biggest one you've learned along the way while writing? them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say each of the books have, have taught me very distinct lessons. You know, my first one was, um, you know, your the first, I guess the first lesson I learned was that you're, you're kind of a, a really small fish in a big pond. Even if you go niche, there's, there's so the opportunity right now to create books is, is just tremendous. And I think, you know, folks, even if they don't believe they're an author, they still have a story to tell. And they and they should still get out there and, and, and get writing, whatever form that looks like. You don't even have to publish it. But, you know, I just think that that was my, my first lesson in that, you know, I thought I remember pressing sent thinking the world was going to change tomorrow. You know, my life is going to be like dramatically different. And I realized, no, it's exactly the same. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's like a bazillion books out there on personal growth and well-being. So uh, so that was the first lesson. I think the lesson with with the other book was was really that, um, you know, to invest in it a little bit more, I really treat it like a business investment. And, you know, looking at it as like, okay, if it's if it's a business, like, how can you create a business model around it? And actually, you know, maybe it doesn't become full time uh, revenue. But, you know, is there a chance it can be like a supplemental income? Um, and and that, that that's been really nice, actually, to be able to learn those ropes and to understand how that all, how that all can work and how to position a product and make it attractive and obviously do really good work. So I would say I, I grew a lot between the two books. I, I, I remember my first book talk back before COVID, uh, a person in the audience asked me, you know, did you like, how did you know when to press send type thing or like press publish? And I said, I just had to be okay that it was the best for the time that it was like, you know, I may go back to that book in 10 years and obviously make updates and be like, oh man, that writing was terrible. 
um, and just, you know, learn because you grow, you grow as a writer, you grow as an author and you make new editions. Like the greatest writers in the world do that. John C. Maxwell comes out with new editions and, you know, Gary Vee, I'm sure is going to come out with new editions to crushing it and crush it and all those books he's, he's done early on. So, you know, I think at the time you just got to be good with what it is you have and, and you got to be vulnerable and you got to be willing to just throw it out there and see what happens. And like anything, you're going to get good reviews and you're going to get some people that it doesn't really resonate with. But I heard this from Seth Godin, who's an author that I really admire and follow. And he's a bit quirky and a little bit out there. But one of the things he said on a call I was on that really struck me, he said, if 1% of all the people interested in my book, read my book, that's all I need. And I remember thinking, yeah, it's so interesting, right? Like you have these stories that uh, of readers that, that pick up the book and, and read it. And obviously those are amazing. But at the end of the day, like writing for a hundred million people is, is really hard to do, but writing for one and then maybe, you know, 10 million people resonate with that one message. I think that, that to me is really, really strong. And so that's really where I try to focus. I try to focus more, I guess, uh, more niche in this last book and, and that served me well. And, and I'll probably do the same with the next one for sure. That's outstanding. Outstanding. And uh, having a different avenues to get a, get advice from is always helpful as any creative person is. If you're a painter, a writer, a musician, it's always good to have someone out there that's a mentor to help you out. And on that, I mean, was there someone when you were growing up that you looked up to as an author or maybe mom and dad were writers and helped you out, pushed you towards this? Yeah, this is great. This is a great question. Um, so uh, are you a, fo- you a football fan, Rich? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you'll appreciate this. And so growing up, one of the, well, one of the first books I think I ever read was uh, Kurt Warner's book. Uh, I forget it now, but they just made a movie about it. It was his whole story, yeah. the American underdog or whatever. It, it, I think I read that book three times when I was growing up. And, you know, my dad and I would watch football together. But it was really uh, for one year for Christmas, he got me a Tony Dungy book. And I think it was the mentor leader or something like that. And I remember reading that thing and just writing notes and taking, taking things down. And I went on to read like, I don't know, pretty much every book Tony Dungy has published. I'm a huge fan of Tony Dungy. He actually has the book, by the way, I think I'm pretty sure he has it unless it got lost in the mail. Um, but anyway, long story short is, is growing up, like that was a huge, like reading those books and, and, and just hearing his story and his, the way he led and, you know, the things he was able to do, you know, not only in football, but with family outside of football and in community with his foundation and whatnot, that just really kind of lit a spark for me to be like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I could, I could write too. Maybe I could, you know, uh, inspire change and inspire folks. And obviously he's in a completely other league, but, um, but yeah, he was somebody growing up, I would say when I was reading his stuff and, uh, and just the stories that would come out from, from his, his writing really just resonated with me and um and really carried me for sure definitely just listening to tony junji speak even when he's just uh like uh, on the the halftime shows and stuff he always looks for the positive and everything he he sees on in front of him and tries to promote that positivity in his voice and of course in his writing so he's a great influence to to look up to for that yeah absolutely um I didn't know a lot of writers growing up, you know, growing up in a small town, you know, there wasn't really anybody around that I knew that are, 
written books. So it was, it was, it was kind of nice that, you know, I was, I was given that book growing up and, and really kind of was able to follow him because um, like, I, I didn't really have a lot of those examples locally and maybe folks out there do have those local examples, which are great, but yeah, I guess I just never had that. So it was nice to, uh, to kind of stumble into his work for sure. Yeah. It's an awesome stumble and an awesome person to stumble into. I'm sure your dad had a, a motive for pushing you towards that. Maybe he wanted you to become a big time football coach as well. Maybe that way you can get some good tickets to football games moving forward. Yeah. You know, I, I thought, I thought about that, like in university, I worked with our university football team and whatnot. And I think the light, the lessons you can learn from that sport are just incredible. I mean, even today, right? Like football is teaching us so much in the game, outside the game, around the game. And, you know, I hope someday, you know, when we have kids that, you know, that's something that they're interested in too, to be able to sit down. And I think I have a lot of good memories just sitting and watching football games with the family. And, and uh, yeah, like, it's just, uh, who knows, you know, I'm actually in talks with a guy who co-authored a few of Tony Dungy's books. His name is Nathan Whitaker. Uh, he's down in, in Florida and we're actually in talks about doing some sort of a collaboration together and uh, maybe you'll have to bring him on here, Rich, because he he's incredible as well. Obviously a good friend of Tony, but um, yeah, just some, just a, a really humble family man and a good guy. Awesome. I'll have to look him up after this and send him a message. Probably drop your name and drop your name in there as a dime. So yeah, I was talking to Ryan. He said to look you up, get you on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Either it'll work or it won't. Uh, it, we'll, just, we'll find out soon. <laughs> so uh, with your consulting firm, uh, boy consulting how do you uh, help people with that yeah so that's super interesting and going back i guess probably to <laughs> back when i was working in north carolina 2014 i was working for a state nonprofit called uh, be active kids and basically it focused on physical literacy development for early childhood educators so i literally got in this van and drove around the state of north carolina so it was beautiful you know coming from canada i was like man every turn you know you go up through the through the Blue Ridge and whatever. And it was just incredible. And going out East to Emerald Isle and, and those areas, it was just really beautiful. But um, when I was doing that work, I came back to Canada and I stayed on as a remote worker, just as a, as a contractor for a little while. And, and uh, you know, when I fast forward from that, that was 2015, I think at that time, 2014, I continued on doing some different contract gigs, remote for some different organizations, mostly in the sport nonprofit sector or physical activity sector, those types of things. And it was really 2019 where I decided, okay, I got to, I should make a business here. Like I, people were starting to ask me for a website or they were starting to be like, where, you know, where can I refer folks to you? And I was like, I don't know. I have a Facebook page and follow me on Twitter. So <laughs> I was like, I should probably get a website. So um, uh, yeah, I built, built the, the business for consulting as of summer, 2019 and essentially, you know, when I started, I was doing everything. Like literally, I was getting calls from, you know, random small companies in California being like, can you do this? And I'm like, yep, sure. And then I would get a call from, you know, this one guy in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. And he was like, yeah, can you like do this for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever, I'll do it. Um, but like all entrepreneurs, for the first time, you realize your limitations pretty quick and you realize like, where you should be working from and where you shouldn't be working from. And I'd say those year, that year and a half there, it took me to really be like, okay, like I should probably say no to some of these things and maybe focus in a little bit. So I actually got a business mentor 
through uh, a subsidized program here in Ottawa called Invest Ottawa. And it was really nice, actually. She's an incredible, uh, she's a credible entrepreneur. She has multiple businesses here in the city and, and pretty well known. And she was just great with me, like uh, sat me down and kind of said, you know, stop doing these things, you know, really got me to my why, got me closer to kind of figuring out exactly what I want to do. And although it is still a work in progress, I got to say, you know, it's come a long way. And so what I really focus on now and what I really enjoy doing is the book coaching. So like I mentioned, you know, I learned a lot and grew a lot through the multiple book, publishing multiple books and journals and things like that. And so the book coaching is a one-on-one program that I, that I offer to folks uh, virtually or in person. Um, and it really just accelerates the, the whole publishing process for them, makes it more efficient. Uh, you know, the, the hard lessons that I learned, they don't have to learn. <laughs> so, um, so that's good. And then it just allows them to get to, you know, having some sort of revenue much, much faster um, from the get-go and, and, and more success. So that, that's, that's doing really well and, and that's exciting. And then the other thing that I really like to do is social media consulting as well. So I, uh, I support mostly small, medium-sized businesses with social media development and telling their stories and really growing their return on engagement and, and, and return on investment, things like that. So that's a lot of fun. And then I still do customized coaching as well. So like, for example, I just got a call the other day to do some kind of a school leadership uh, mentorship, I guess, so to speak. So mentoring school leaders for an entire school year. So we're working out that package, um, which is kind of nice. Again, going back to the intersection between education and well-being is something that I'm still really passionate about. I guess at the end of the day, I'm probably going to have to divide this, the, the consulting firm up, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll have like FOI publishing, FOI consulting. I don't, I don't know where it's going to go in 2023, but uh, you know, right now I'm just, one of the things that, that I, I found really helpful, Rich, was I just set quarterly, uh, quarterly goals, you know, what do I want to achieve in the quarter. And then, you know, what are my indicators? How am I going to achieve those things? And I just roll from there every year. I try to sit down and do a bit of an audit, but uh, I'll probably do that again this summer and, and maybe pivot and, and, you know, split the business a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. And, and I, I definitely really enjoy it day to day. Awesome. It, it sounds like you, you learned the lessons of uh, entrepreneurship pretty quickly that, like you said, you were uh, putting too many, uh, having too many ovens on at once or too many targets. And you had to get that side aperture down a little closer to a pinpoint thing. So that way you're not over, over extending yourself for one as an entrepreneur until you can build a staff. And then you can go into three different directions to make it easier for not just you, but the entire organization at that point. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like if, if uh, for listeners, you might have ever read Jim Collins' book, I think it's from good to great. He talks about controlling the flywheel and, you know, that flywheel can get out of control. You get too much momentum type thing. And I feel like I'm kind of at that point as well. That's a new challenge. It's a good challenge, but it's a new challenge. I'm like, how do I, control that momentum without being overwhelmed and getting burnt out and things like that, because that can also happen within a business. So within, you know, within three years, you kind of have these range of emotions and, you know, I'm sure there's other businesses that are out there that, especially in the tech space that just, you know, they start and within six months, they're just, you know, six figure businesses. Right. And uh, those are, those are, you know, another set of challenges. So the ones I have are, are definitely not, I'm not the only one having them, but they're definitely unique. And I got to try to figure out really each quarter on, you know, how am I controlling that momentum, but, you know, do I need to diverge and things like that? So I'll continue to continue to, to do that as I go. So. 
Awesome. And learning and growing on the fly is a part of all life. And in business, it, it will help you as you expand your business in the future. If you could give advice to a young author or a young entrepreneur, what would that advice be? Perfect question. So this has come up recently. I do a lot of journaling. Uh, you know, a mentor of mine says, he told me, he, I think he said this once actually at a conference. He said, my friend Ryan is the most reflective person I know. And uh, I think my wife would probably say it too. But anyway, I, I do a lot of thinking, a lot of reflecting. And the other day, what, what I'm finding right now, Rich, where we're coming out of this pandemic and things are starting to open up more, people are kind of starting to re-socialize physically with each other, uh, get comfortable with what that looks like. I'm finding that the word, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm finding that the phrase, would you like to collaborate is just accelerating my business. Like, for example, the other day I reached out to another local author. We're not even in the same genre. Like he's in like murder mystery or something. And I said, hey, you want to collaborate? Simple as that. Just, hey, want to collaborate? And he responded, yep, absolutely. Don't know what it looks like, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway, you know, long story short, here we are. We're, 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 uh, we got one, uh, we got another author on board. The three of us are doing a book talk. We're doing another book talk in May. And we're all just complete strangers that have band together to say, hey, let's let's collaborate. Let's get our messages out there. And I think, you know, as we reintegrate and get back to some sort of normalcy, I think that there's still a willingness for people to do that. Right. Like, I think we've worked in silos in a lot of different ways over the last little while, whether it's been, you know, a social work or or just um, socialization in general, that need to collaborate, I think, is still is still huge. And and that's just one example you know, I'm trying not to get caught in knowing the how, like I just say, okay, I'll figure it out, you know, and then you just say, yep, sure, let's do it. And it's a month from now, and I'll figure out how I'm going to deliver that, or I'll figure out how I'm going to meet that demand for the books or whatever it's going to look like. But I would say the biggest piece of advice right now, as we come out of this, that I'm seeing is just that phrase of reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, you're in my network, we kind of do the same thing. Do you want to collaborate? You want to you know, co-create something and jump on a podcast or whatever, right? I think that there's a lot of power in that. Yeah, that's a, you're right. That is a strong, uh, strong phrase. Do you want to collaborate? It happens a lot in the podcasting world. Uh, I get reached out by other shows to come on their show and, and then in turn have them on my show. It not only helps both of us learn our story, each other's story, but it also spreads our story to two totally different audiences. So I think collaboration really helps out in all genres. Yeah, you know, this was a conversation too I had recently with um, with this uh, this lady who's actually she's a teacher in in Korea, and we were talking about how it's a creator economy still. Like, like we live in a perfect time to create products, right? Create knowledge, share knowledge. You know, we have almost unlimited mediums of, you know, getting different products and packaging them, put them out there digitally or whatever. And I, yeah, I think like the creator economy just allows for this collaboration, right? Like it's the perfect ingredients to say, Hey, let's cross pollinate efforts or yeah, let's co-design something. Yeah. Let's co-write a book. Let's yeah. Let's co-create a program, you know, whatever it is. Like, I think that the barrier to entry is much lower, you know, you don't have to get on like your horse and buggy, you know, take it all the way down to Texas and knock on somebody's door and hand deliver something anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. We just live at a great time for that. And I think it's just, you know, people are looking, looking to expand and build and, and creators are going to create and they're going to figure out a way to do it. Exactly. Right. And 
And speaking of collaboration, how does someone get in contact with you, Ryan? Yeah, so uh, definitely through social media. So I'm really active on Twitter. So folks can follow me there just at wellnessrf. Uh, same with Instagram. You can connect with me on there. Uh, and then the website. So uh, foyconsulting.org is the, the website. And um, yeah, those are probably the best places to, re to reach out. I do have a small little newsletter. So I'll put this episode in my newsletter as well and, and share it out. But uh, always looking to continue the conversation. You know, I've had somebody reach out the other day um, and they were in, I think they were in Australia and they're like, hey, I heard you on a podcast. Let's connect. Let's co-create something. Let's have a conversation. I'm like, yep, absolutely. So um, wherever you are in the world, you know, connect with Rich, connect with I or myself and uh, happy to happy to have conversations for sure. Outstanding. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, I was reading the sign behind your, your head there, your picture. Love is all we need. Love is all you need. Love is all we need in this world right now to keep this marble spinning and get the collaboration going. Thanks for sharing your story with us tonight, Ryan. Absolutely, Rich. And, and thanks again for having me. Um, you know, this is a true honor to be able to have these conversations and to sit down and, and chat. Um, and uh, it makes the world a small place. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are Fit Nation.